0: Welcome to these Bible lessons on the Old Testament. In these lessons, we'll cover God's magnificent creation of all the world, including the creation of man, the crown of God's creation. We'll follow with the sad fall of man in paradise and the consequences this brought to the world. In the continuing lessons, we'll teach how God visits men with the revelation of his covenant of grace. When we travel together through the entire Old Testament, we see God visiting his nation of Israel with revelations of this covenant of grace, pointing constantly to the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. Welcome back to our next lesson in our Old Testament Bible history series. This is lesson 15 where we learn several lessons about Lot's life. I invite you to follow along in your Bible in chapter 18, the last part, and chapter 19 of Genesis. First, I would like to begin with a question for you. Do you have a dog? If you do or if you don't, Just imagine that you're walking down the street and suddenly on the front lawn or from the property of someone becomes a large vicious dog barking wildly at you, running towards you, and suddenly they come right to the end of their chain. They're being held back by a chain. It's a good thing because when you look at this dog barking at you, you think for sure it's going to bite you very seriously. But if you're about three meters away, this dog can bark and growl, but you're safe. And you not only are safe, but you feel safe. So would you feel safe if you were two meters away from that dog? What about one meter? What about half a meter? You might be safe, But you might not feel so safe if you were so close to those snapping jaws and you hear the growls and the hot breath. And so in this lesson today, I want you to think about that as Lot is living so close to sin and evil in Sodom that he cannot feel safe. It is going to have some very sad consequences for him. So, let's join our story now, and and that is the meal that Abram is sharing with his three special heavenly visitors. And so, that is in chapter 18, verse 16, and we see these visitors there. Two of them are angels, and one of them is, it is clear that it is the Son of God in human form. And Abram is speaking with them and they get up to leave and Abraham, like a good host, walks with them a ways. The Lord tells Abraham now in verse 21 or shortly before that, that he is going to bring destruction on Sodom. And in verse 21, it's clear that he is going to go to Sodom to in a way investigate to see if the wickedness of Sodom is is as bad as he has heard. And so these are human words for us to understand something about God, who is not human. You see, God's punishment of Sodom is going to be just and fair. And that's why Abram hears these words about going to Sodom to see if it's as bad as, as the Lord has heard. God never is going to punish in a way that people sometimes do out of a violent temper. God's actions and judgments are always just, right, and fair. The angels continue on towards Sodom, and Abram stands before the Lord. And then Abram begins to pray. He he, he begins to pray, and he says, Lord, wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? You see, Abraham probably thinks about his nephew Lot, which is in, who is in Sodom. Lot has made some really bad choices, and Lot has shown himself to be unlovable. But Abraham is still filled with love for his nephew. And with holy concern and a holy confidence, Abraham prays. And he prays that the Lord would spare the righteous in the city. And he soon begins to pray that the whole city would be spared because of the righteous that live in there. He says, Lord, wilt thou please spare this city if there are 50 righteous? And the Lord agrees. Abraham continues to pray with holy confidence. And soon he begins to make mention of the characteristics of God. He calls, he names God as the just judge of all the earth. And he says, God, thou wilt always do right. Thou can never do anything wrong. And so soon Abraham is successful in his prayers. And God has agreed to spare the city of Sodom if there are ten righteous people. Abram's prayers ended and Abram and God leave. Truly, it is true what we read later on in the book of James. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5 verse 16. And so now evening is coming on and these two angels have made their way into into Sodom. And Lot greets them there, and he invites them into his house and says, why don't you stay at my house for tonight? And these angels say, no, it's okay. We'll just sleep in the street tonight. Lot is horrified at this news, and he says, no, don't do that. That's exactly what you should not do. The streets here at night are full of wickedness and violence. Do not stay in the street. Come to my house. And so the angels agree and they enter Lot's house where a meal is prepared for them. Now as evening continues, the news in Sodom gets around that there are two visitors at Lot's house. Soon a crowd is gathered outside of Lot's house and they begin to shout for Lot to send those visitors outside. You see... This is a very sad thing about these people in Sodom. They wanted these visitors to come outside so that they can abuse them and so that they can mistreat them. This sin of sexual immorality is called an abomination by God in Leviticus 18, verse 22. This sin is very grievous in God's sight. An abomination is something that is terribly offensive to the holy character of God. In fact, it's so grievous because it's the exact opposite of the loving relationship between a man and a woman that God designed in creation. And Lot does the unthinkable. He goes outside and he addresses this crowd. He says, men and Uh, Men of Sodom, both young and old, he tells them, leave my visitors alone. Don't abuse them. And then it is unexplainable. Lot says, I will send out my two daughters. You can mistreat and abuse them, but don't do that to my visitors. That is unacceptable, Lot. You have to protect your family. The crowd refuses and they press in on Lot and it looks like they're going to capture him and suddenly the door is opened and the two angels pull in Lot from the the mad crowd and the door is shut behind them. The crowd outside is struck with blindness and they cannot find this door anymore to open it. Lot is sitting in his house, probably shaking from fright. And the angels kneel down before him and they say, Lot, we've got a question for you. Do you have any more family in this city? If you do, go and get them. You have to flee this city. The Lord has sent us to destroy Sodom. Lot goes back out into the streets. And he heads over to the houses where his sons-in-law are living. These are the two men who are married to his daughters. And he bangs on the door and they open the door to him and he says, come on, we have to leave. Sodom is going to be destroyed. There are two angels at my house who have told me I have to get you. They're going to bring us out. The two sons or the sons-in-law, they mock with Lot and they say, Lot, you're crazy. We love living here. It's so nice. Nothing like that's ever happened. Go away. They shut the door in his face. And Lot heads back home. He should have left right away, but we can read that he lingered. It means he stayed there. More than likely, Lot is thinking about all the possessions and the house and the sheep and the oxen that he has. And so finally the angels... Put their hands on them, and they physically bring them out of the city and set them outside. And then they tell Lot, Escape to the mountains. Don't look back at the city. Don't stay here. Escape to the mountains. Lot complains that the mountains are too far, and could I please just flee to that city over there? He says. That city came to be called Zoar. The angels give him permission. And we see that God has spared the destruction of this great city because there was just a couple of righteous people in there. But now that the righteous are out of the city, God is going to bring destruction on it. So as they're fleeing away, Lot's wife disobeys the command to not look back. And she does. She looks back at the city of Sodom. And she's turned instantly into a pillar of salt. And by sunrise, Lot and his two daughters arrive into the city of Zoar. And as they enter the gates, God rains down from heaven, fire and brimstone. Sodom is completely destroyed with Gomorrah. All the people there die. Not long after, Lot leaves the city of Zoar. With his two daughters, and he heads to the mountains and he lives in a cave. And within time, Lot's daughters receive a son, one son each. And the one names her son Moab, and the other names her son Ammon. Despite the sinful way in which they receive these two sons, one of these sons from Moab, one of the far off grandsons, will establish the nation of the Moabites, and the other one will establish the nation of the Ammonites. One of the people from the tribe of Moab will be a woman. Her name will be Ruth, and she will be a far-off grandmother to the Lord Jesus. And she even gets a book of the Bible named after her. Let's look next at, at a few connections we can make about this sad, shocking and sometimes violent story. Indeed, all of the Bible is given to us to learn from. Well, right away, we understand that God is a consuming fire to the wicked. You can read that in Hebrews 12, verse 29. You can also read that in Deuteronomy 9, verse 3. On the other hand, we can learn that God is a friend to the righteous. In Isaiah 41, verse 8, God indeed calls Abraham his friend. But let's look at two other things we can learn from this. And the first thing is that God is a judge. And the second thing we'll look at is how this story leads us to the Lord Jesus Christ. So first, let's look at Abraham as he is calling the Lord the judge of all the earth. Now, of course, God is perfect. And that means as a judge, God is also perfect, which means any judgment that he hands out will be perfect, fair, and right. So that means that the judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah was perfectly fair. Sodom and Gomorrah were judged and destroyed because they were so exceedingly wicked. And that's why it is a picture also of the judgment that will, be br- that will be brought on this earth. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah was so wicked, we have wicked hearts today and everyone sins. You see, in Matthew 10, verse 15, the Lord Jesus even spoke about this. He said, it will be more tolerable for the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah than for those people who have rejected the gospel. It is a very serious thing to reject the gospel. Those who reject the gospel will have a more severe punishment than the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. So I have a question for you. What if Lot came to your door? banged on the door you opened it the lot is standing in front of you and he says come on the city is going to be destroyed run for your life seek salvation would you believe him would you leave your city in james 5 verse 9 we actually read that we read behold the judge standeth before the door This is also an example for us to learn about the human sinfulness and the coming judgment upon those who remain unconverted. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, we can learn that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed for an example for us. So how else is it an example? In Genesis 19, verse 29 you can read that God remembered Abraham and therefore Lot was sent out of the destruction. So it's clear that Lot was saved because of this remembering of Abraham. So the prayers of Abraham really worked. Abraham interceded for Lot and God saved Lot out of that city. Yes, Lot was a righteous man, but Lot was not saved because he was righteous, or because he was good, or because he tried so hard. Lot was saved by grace alone. And so if Lot can be saved, that means I can be saved, and it means you can be saved as well. When God decides that a person must be saved, there is no stopping him His promise will come true. His purpose will be filled. And so in a way, Lot needed those prayers of Abraham. And you and I for sure need the prayers of the great intercessor, the Lord Jesus. We need his intercession. And so how does the Lord Jesus Christ pray for his people? Well, let's look at two texts. In Luke 22, verse 32, we hear Jesus in his own words say, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. So that is one way in which he prays for his people. In Hebrews 7, verse 25, there we learn that Jesus is able to save because he ever lives to make intercession for his church. So the Lord Jesus is able to save those who come to God by Jesus because he ever lives to pray for them. And so this Old Testament story is part of a picture. And it's part of a greater picture of who God is and what God does. It's part of a greater picture of a plan of salvation. And that That picture is complete and perfect when we see the life, the work, and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in conclusion, we see here that living very close to sin had some disastrous consequences for Lot. He was saved out of that destruction by grace alone. In our next lesson, we're going to turn back to Abraham. We're going to find a faithless Abraham, but we will also see a faithful God.